Hello and welcome to the Lancaster Patriot Podcast. My name is Chris Hume and I am the managing editor at the Lancaster Patriot, a conservative print newspaper serving Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. On June 17th, Tom Jones, Republican candidate for Pennsylvania State Representative for the 98th District, sat down to discuss his campaign, his beliefs, and the Republican Party. Here is the audio from that interview. All right, Tom Jones, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely, thank you. So we want to just give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about your campaign coming up in November. Uh, let our viewers know what you're about, why you got involved in this race. A lot of people already know from the primary. And we want to get into a little bit about the Republican Party in Lancaster County and Pennsylvania. So if you can start out, just kind of give us a brief overview of what got you into politics and how things are looking for the November general election. Yeah, certainly. Um, well, backing up to what got me into politics or um, into government, gov government or governance um, and that involvement. Um, years ago, um, I got involved with the local party. Um, I, you know, I just knew other Republican friends who uh, worked at the polls and so forth. Um, started getting involved back then. Um, but really started asking you know, just questions back during the Obama administration. Um, you know, what's happening to our party, what's going on. Uh, even at the end of um, the Bush administration, George W. Bush, um, seeing what was going on, uh, like with you know the signing of omnibus bills, this, you know, this questions started you know and getting more and more involved as questions came up. Um, but then, really in earnest, I, I got involved back in uh, 2014, uh, became a Republican committee member um, uh, up in Maytown, what was um, a new district. Uh, Maytown had been split because it's such a sprawling metropolis, of course, uh, up there. Uh, but uh, it did get split, and it, uh, there was Maytown and Maytown West, and I became the committee man in Maytown West. Um, and then shortly after that, the Lancaster County Republican Party um, is um, split into about 17 different um, area chair or area committees based largely, largely on school district. Um, and I became the chair of the Donegal Area Republican Committee. Um, so um, since then, um, you know, just opportunities, doors opened um, to serve. And um, yeah, I ran for office a, a few years back and became township supervisor for East Donegal Township. Um, and my involvement, um, you know, uh, continued to grow. Uh, back in 16, I was part of the a delegation to Cleveland uh, with the Republican National Convention, um, and um, you know, just uh, as that, as those sort of things grew, uh, you know, uh, doors and opportunities opened. And um, when Dave, um, when State Representative Dave Hickernell uh, announced that he would be retiring uh, at the end of his tenth term, um, I um, I threw my hat in the ring and uh, was successful here in the primary. Now, you, you ran in District 98 in Lancaster County. Correct, correct. Now, in Lancaster County, you, you ran against actually two other candidates, so there were three mm -hmm. people running in District 98. Were, were right. any of those candidates endorsed by the, by the Republican Party in Lancaster County? How does that work? So, right, so uh, largely across the state, across the Commonwealth, um, there are county committees, and the, some, some endorse and some don't. Lancaster County does endorse. With that endorsement comes um, you know, a lot of unity, um, a lot of strength um, financially um, as well. Um, typically, in Lancaster County, we endorse. Uh, we reach an endorsement. It's a high threshold. It's a two-thirds. It takes two-thirds um, to, uh, uh, majority to 
gain uh, the endorsement. And that didn't occur in our race. Um, so like you said, we did have myself and two other candidates sought that endorsement. Um, the two-thirds threshold was not met by any of us. Um, and so uh, there was no endorsement in the race for the 98th legislative district um, for the uh, Republican endorsement. Um, so, um, so then that led to a, um, what some people would refer to as a truly open primary. We have open primaries here in Pennsylvania, of course, but a truly open primary where, where there was no endorsement and the decision um, really went to the, the, the residents of the 98th legislative district. So. We'll come back to the idea of endorsements here in a minute with the yeah. Republican Party. Sure. Let's just briefly talk about the upcoming general election, mm -hmm. who you're running against, who, who is right. the, the Democratic uh, Democrat nominee for 98th District. There's a gentleman uh, named Mark Temmins uh, who uh, has the, is, is the Democrat who is running in this race. Um, so we will um, face each other here in the, in the general election in November. Um, and so, um, you know, as the summer moves on, uh, those efforts will, uh, of course, ramp up, um, and um, I intend to be successful in that race. What do you see as your main challenge, or what do you see as your main strategy? Just uh, Obviously, it's different when you look at the primary going against mm -hmm. Republicans, and then a total shift uh, you know, with, with the different parties. So what do you see as your main challenge right. in November? Um, I, think, I think my main challenge in November is... Actually, it's more of an opportunity than it is a challenge. Is to motivate, activate the conservatives in my district to turn out and vote. Um, I mean, across the board of registered voters, we see what I would consider very poor turnout. Um, now, we saw better than normal turnout in this past prime in this past primary, but um, I'd like to motivate conservatives to actually be engaged, be involved, come out and vote. Um, the individual citizen who say is, for instance, isn't a committee member, uh, who, is n who is not necessarily involved in governance, I think their very first duty is to vote. Um, and so turning out that vote, motivating people to vote um, is gonna be, um, it's a challenge, but it's also a privilege. And it's, so I, I'm looking forward to that. Speaking of getting out the vote, Mainly in Lancaster County, why is it? Why do you think many conservatives haven't been that active in voting? And why do you think that this past primary maybe right. that's starting to change a little bit? I think, it's, yeah, it did change a little bit. Um, I, th I think generally across the board, though, there's there's some things that are changing a lot. Um, I think people are waking up. Um, everybody's waking up on like a, almost like a sliding scale, right? Um, some people are waking up, we get to a certain point and then people wake up. For instance, maybe, maybe the wake up call for some people right now, maybe the wake up call is $6 a gallon, you know, uh, for gas, or in my case, I pulled up in a diesel, um, north of $6. Uh, cost me 50, I think 50 cents a mile to get here, um, right? So, um, but it was well worth coming, but anyway. Um, those wake-up calls are different for different people. Um, so it's for those of us who have woken up, you know, earlier. For instance, when I woke up back in like '07, '08, and really got involved, or started getting involved, um, and learning. You know, it's also a, a it's also a pathway of learning as well. So, um, but for for people now, 
I think people are realizing, um, again, some earlier than others, um, just how critical things are right now for our republic, uh, and they're becoming involved. Um, at the very least, they're turning out and voting, um, and in better ways, they're becoming involved in different ways, um, whether it be with the committee, uh, becoming an elected committee member uh, in their precinct where, the, where they vote, um, and becoming that first line of representation for their community, um, or the school boards, you know, the parents showing up at school boards, being labeled terrorists, wonderful involvement, wonderful involvement. And look what it does. It rouses up the left so much so that they're scared. And that's what we need. We need conservatives to stand. And that's what they're doing. So I'm very hopeful. I'm, you know, I'm an optimist. So That's good. And before we get into the specifics in Lancaster County and the Republican Party in the county and in Pennsylvania, just want to ask you, as you, you talk about how people have been waking up, their concerns for the state and the nation, mm -hmm. just can you share briefly you know, where you're coming from as far as your underlying worldview, how you make sense of, of, of the nation and the world and politics, and what is it that motivates you, what drives you, what grounds you right. as you form your worldview and assess what's happening in the nation and the state? Right. So I would say the first, there was, the first time I really stood before people and answered this question was when I became chairman of the Donegal Area Republican Committee. Um, not a large group of people. Right now it's 18 and we have a full complement. But I stood in front of them as their new chairman and it was funny because it was about two weeks, three weeks prior um, to me um, meeting and um, meeting Mike Pence for the first time. I stood in front of my committee and I told my committee, I said, just so you all know who I am, uh, I'm a Christian. I'm a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. And I'm not ashamed of it. Secondly, I'm a constitutional conservative. And then thirdly, I'm a Republican. And as long as the Republican Party continues to do things that align with my Christianity and my constitutional conservatism, I will remain a Republican. That hasn't changed. Um, but what was interesting was I go out to Cleveland. I meet Mike Pence. Mike Pence gets up in front of the the audience at one point later on and he introduces himself and he says it a little bit more succinctly he says he says hi everybody I'm Mike Pence for those of you who've never met me I'm a Christian I'm a conservative and I'm a Republican in that order and he said that multiple times throughout the campaign when he when he would introduce himself um, but that's exactly who who I am and that's what informs my worldview um, I don't compartment I don't compartmentalize my Christianity um, I don't put God in a box over here for Sunday morning uh, and then pull him out when it's convenient or when I need him. Um, I live my life for him. And so as I'm, I look at governance as a ministry, it's a calling for some, okay? Um, I think all are called to participate, at least in, here in America as well, like with their vote or pay your taxes, those sorts of things. But for those of us who are literally called to governance, I believe it's a ministry. I believe politics is a filthy fight. Okay, politics is a filthy fight. We've, we've seen that here lately. But as I, as I see it, I see it as a ministry. And so if good men and women don't get into that filthy fight, then all we'll be left with is filthy politicians. And so that's why we need good men and women of good Judeo-Christian foundation you know, because that's what, up, that's what upholds the Republic. So that's my, that's hopefully the answer uh, to where, 
where I'm coming from. So would it be correct to say that your ultimate allegiance is not to the Republican Party? It's first to the Lord Jesus Christ, then to the constitutional principles, mm -hmm. and then and if the Republican Party abandons those things, you're willing to call them out on it, you're willing to say this is mm -hmm. wrong, and you're willing to even lose your Republican you know, card. Correct. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of those things where we're talking about Harrisburg. Um, you know, uh, my goal is to be state representative for the 98th Legislative District in Harrisburg. But in Harrisburg, um, 203 state representatives, um, unfortunately, I think a lot of those, again, again, on a sliding scale, of course, um, too many folks in Harrisburg, um, you know, I believe it's, it's the best job they've ever had. And so they'll fight tooth and nail for the position, and they're not really there for the people. They, or they forget that they're there elected by the people. And that should be their primary responsibility is to rep, be a representative uh, for the people. Um, and so, right, um, yeah, that, that's the, I want to go to Harrisburg. I don't need to go to Harrisburg. Um, you know, the Lord has provided for me and my family, my wife and my four children, um, abundantly over the years. Um, and um, and I, I have no doubt that he will continue to do so, whether I'm a state representative or not. Um, I'll, I'll serve him where, I'll, I'll serve him where he puts me. So. Let's talk now a little bit about the happenings here in Lancaster County, and we could start a couple different places, but why don't we just continue on that theme of the Republican Party mm -hmm. and the fact that you're saying you're willing to stand up to the party, to ostensibly leadership, mm -hmm. if, you, if you believe that what they're doing goes against um, you know, what, it, what is right. So. Right. That's been an issue that has come up, as, as I know you're aware of. Representative Zim Dave Zimmerman mm -hmm. was removed from some committees mm -hmm. because he did not formally support the incumbent. Mm -hmm. And it was the perception may have been that he gave support for someone else. He says he didn't, but there was perception in there that he didn't go along with what leadership wanted. Representative Mike Jones in York County was also removed from committees. He came out clearly and, and supported the challengers and they ended up winning. Mm -hmm. And the reason he did that, we interviewed him, he said he believed they were better candidates, they were better going to serve the people. So can you just talk a little bit about what you're stepping into? Because what you're telling me here now, it certainly seems like you're willing to do what Mike Jones did and certainly what Zimmerman did if you, if you don't think that for you know, whatever reason they did it, but if you don't think that an incumbent or an endorsed candidate is right for it for the people and will rule justly mm -hmm. then you'll stand against that so what are you getting yourself into here trying trying to go to Harrisburg and, right. and uh, get involved with leadership <laughs> right right um, some people have uh, congratulated me on my primary victory other people have offered condolences um, so but right what have I gotten myself into what am I heading toward um, carrying my values um, my personal values and what my values are shared by a lot of Lancastrians, you know, uh, people from the 98th Legislative District um, and Lancaster County, we, we share, there's a lot of folks in this area, obviously a, a larger percentage that share the same values, right? Um, as I carry that to Harrisburg, I also recognize that um, we're talking about Pennsylvania here. And so 
when we talk about 203 state representatives, 113 currently Republicans, you know, now let's just take that. That too is that sliding scale. So taking each person on an individual basis, and as I go to Harrisburg, I think what we need to be full of is truth and grace, right? So carrying that truth, speaking truth, right? And not wavering on truth, um, but also understanding and extending grace and taking each individual on an individual basis. Um, and so when it comes to, um, you know, who I would offer my endorsement to, um, if I'm a sitting state representative, those, those sorts of things, um, I would most certainly, you know, help and support um, those who would be of like mind, conservative mindset, right? But you know, on, the, on the flip side of that, um, it's an interesting dynamic when, when, a, when sitting state representatives, you know, do get involved in other races. Um, and that was the case in my race, um, where you have a sitting state representative involved in the race, whether it be good or bad, um, you know, um, and, and those, 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 um, those endorsements from sitting state representatives, um, sometimes they carry a lot of weight, or sometimes they carry very little weight, and sometimes they're actually a detriment um, in some instances. So you're saying in, in your race, in the primary, that one of the, the other candidates receives support from a representative current sitting representative. Correct. And correct. Was it Representative Cutler? No, no. It was... Um, it, no, um, it would have been uh, Representative Hickernell um, endorsed a candidate in the race. Okay. And so, but, so these endorsements, my point is this. Sometimes those endorsements matter. Sometimes okay. they don't. Larger point, the people are going to elect. The people do the electing, right? And so I think the focus... Um, should be on who did these people elect and who did they not elect, right? And what's the voice of the people saying to leadership? What, what's the voice of the, the people of Lancaster County, York County, central Pennsylvania, the conservative area of Pennsylvania? What is the conservative voice of the people saying to leadership? Um, well, I, again, I understand that leadership, to get anything done, you need 102, right? And that 102 is not all Lancastrians. Um, it's Pennsylvania. I understand that. But leadership, depending on where they're from, also has to remember who they represent back home and who elects them to office, probably a much more conservative bunch. Um, so it's, it's an, that's, the, that's the larger dynamic. It's not, as, it's not quite as black and white as we, we can sometimes easily paint it. Uh, it's, it's much more nuanced in that way. Um, but individually, I think each, each state representative, and if I become state representative for the 98th, we have to hold true to representing our people and the, and, and the, the people who elected us. We have to remember that it's not our chair. It's not our seat to decide who gets it or who doesn't once we're gone. It goes right back to the, every two years, the people of the 98th Legislative District will get to decide who sits in that chair as their representative. That is not my chair. 
And I don't want my mind to ever go to thinking that that is my chair. I always want to make, I always want to remember who put me there. And it's the people in the 90th legislative district who put me there. So just want to ask you kind of specifically here with the, within the party in Pennsylvania, in the house, kind of the unwritten rules with what happened with in endorsing and candidates and supporting them. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of answered, but I kind of want to ask it more directly. Do you think it was appropriate for Mike Jones to do what he did and endorse a challenger to the incumbent? Do you think it was appropriate? And would you do the same if you had a similar situation where you believe that the challenger would better serve the people? Right. Mike's decision was Mike's decision, and I think, um, you know, I, I know Mike is is an outspoken individual, and so I think he's spoken to his the situation that he found himself in, uh, and who he endorsed and who he didn't endorse, um, and that situation was unique to his area and to him. Um, for me, um, it, if I found myself in a situation where I felt as though an incumbent was was not representing their constituents well um, or was somehow ignoring their constituents and then and you know then perhaps I would find myself in a situation where I would offer my endorsement but largely I like to let I like to let that that decision to the people in that district um, and and but again depending on the situation, um, I wouldn't rule out that I would ever do that. I wouldn't rule that out, but I think I would do that very, uh, if I ever did it, it would be a very weighty and heavy decision for me to make to, to get involved um, in, in a race that's not in my, the district that's represented me to represent them. Um, and so, um, again, I wouldn't rule it out, but it would, it's a very heavy decision uh, for any incumbent uh, to, to, to step out like that and be involved um, in endorsing outside of their district. You know? um, so, again, it's just a, a, a heavy decision. That's fair. And you know, to Mike Jones' credit, he, he said that it was a very weighty decision. He didn't take it lightly. No, and, no I know he didn't. And, but to, the, to that point, right. you're still willing to say... Your ultimate allegiance is not to the Republican Party, and if it came to that, mm -hmm. you would consider it. So I want to just get into that more. And right. there are citizens, in, you know, Republicans in Lancaster County who are very much concerned with the leadership. Right. They have concerns about Senator Ahmet, concerns about Representative Cutler, mm -hmm. and the concerns are they're they're not truly representing conservative values. They're not truly. Um, leading us to a place where we have less government, where we have more liberty. And those are concerns that a lot of people have, and it led, I believe, to a big turnout in, in the primary in some cases. So can we talk a little bit about that? For example, one of the big issues was the, uh, the, the vote to fund the University of Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and what came with that with the, the research that was being done with aborted babies, right, and yeah. that that's certainly been a story. And can can you speak to that and and how you where you come down on that, right. and how you see that in this big picture of what's going on? Yes, it's in Pennsylvania, but also in the county and right. representatives involved with that. Right. 
Yeah, I think the pit vote is a strong indicator of whether somebody is pro-life at their core or whether they're pro-life only when somebody's watching. Um, and that pit vote will be coming up again here shortly. Uh, they'll be voting again for that funding uh, for Pitt University. Um, you know, for those who aren't aware of the situation, Pitt, one of the most, um, I guess you could say, wealthiest universities uh, in the nation and in the world, uh, has a $4 billion, that's billion with a B, uh, $4 billion endowment. And um, they, uh, I believe it was, a, uh, I believe it was $150 million. It was a straight line vote. It wasn't part of anything else. Um, and, but it was exposed uh, that, uh, I believe it was UPMC, was providing um, Pitt with uh, aborted babies, um, dead little children. Um, and they were dissecting these babies, taking their scalps and sewing them to mice. And it is egregious, it's barbaric, and it's sinful, and it should be condemned openly and loudly. Um, now, some would argue, well, that funding was just for tuition. It wasn't for that. But if we're sending taxpayers' dollars to a university that's allowing older children to sow the scalps of younger children to mice, what message are we sending? The more disappointing thing is that initially, when the Pro-Life Federation was going to score this vote, a, an overwhelming majority of the Republicans were going to vote against it. However, there was, what I understand, there was a conversation had, and the Pro-Life Federation then decided, well, no, we're not going to score this vote. And then at that point, a large number of Republicans decided, okay, now we can vote for this because it won't show up later. Well, that's just, this is an instance of the people being awake, right? This is an instance of the people being awake and things not being swept under the rug. Um, and a lot of Republicans have been called on the carpet for this, and I believe they should be. Um, they should explain why, how they, in good conscience, could vote for that funding to go to Pitt University, $150 million, when they knew what they're doing in those laboratories here in Pennsylvania. Um, that's to me is disgusting. Um, and that's one of the parts where it's, uh, you know, you, there's, there's, this, there's times when we absolutely must stand on principle, absolutely must stand on principle. Um, and there are times when there's legislation that's you know, 75, 80% good, and there's 20% in there that you don't like, but we have to move the conservative football down the field. This was not one of those instances. This was a straight, this was a black and white issue. This was black and white, in my personal opinion, uh, and in the opinions of many others. And it was an issue in the campaign. Um, and I think it will continue to be an issue. Um, so I hope that uh, a lot of, um, Republicans uh, who are there now wake up to that and do the right thing when it comes time to vote on that again. Have you heard any 
explanations, I mean, other than the fact that saying, well, this is just going to tuition, I mean, has, has anybody really come out and said, you know, this was wrong and, and you know, we, we, we shouldn't have endorsed, as far as people have voted for it, I mean, I believe Senator Allmet voted for, for the bill. Um, has anybody come out and, and, and said, you know what, we were wrong about this and when it comes up again, we'll, we won't do it? To your knowledge, have you heard that from leadership? I have not heard that necessarily, no. Um, I have not heard that, those exact words or, or that sentiment coming from people who did vote for it. Um, I've not heard that. Um, the, uh, the excuses, um, one of the other excuses that was offered is, well, you know, some of our Republican colleagues around the Pittsburgh area, if we vote against that tuition funding, um, they may lose their seats. Um, again, are you only pro-life when people are watching? Um, or are you just, you know, simply, you know, or are you pro-life at your core? Um, you know, are you going to stand for life? So I think that highlights a major issue, in my view, that being that so much that is done in Harrisburg and politically, even by conservatives, is done to preserve even what they think is a good cause. Well, we need to maintain right. Republican seats. But at what cost? And at what point, if you keep mm -hmm. compromising, do mm -hmm. you reach the point where you no longer even have an influence? Right. So, right. so that's one issue. Uh, and is there any other reasons? I mean, that might be, be one that we don't want to lose seats. Any other reasons that these people that are Republican, that claim to be about conservative values, that, that are not lining up with, with many voters who are saying, this is not what we believe in. I mean, what's, you've mentioned maybe that it, this is the best job they've ever had. Is there anything else? I mean, and what can we do to actually change that? Maybe we can right. switch, it, switch to that and maybe address right. that. What can we do to, right. to change it? If this is what we're going to get, mm -hmm. people who won't vote right. against something that's so clearly right. wicked because of X, Y, or Z, mm -hmm. how will we get change? So we'll get what shines light on the darkness, truth. Right? The truth will shine the light on it. And so the more uh, that true patriots, you know, true conservatives, open their mouths, spread the word, and shine a light on the darkness, um, it will be exposed. Um, and again, taking each person on an individual basis, the, each of these representatives um, on an individual, individual basis, but also that involvement that we talked about earlier, um, I think the way you, um, the way we turn, turn back um, the party um, and those representatives in Harrisburg to be um, emboldened to be conservative on all fronts um, is by having individuals like get involved at that grassroots level. First grassroots, of course, right? And, and championing, like for instance, I had an incredible team um, I had an incredible team. Um, I was not endorsed by the party. I was not endorsed by the Harrisburg establishment. Um, and um, as a matter of fact, the Harrisburg establishment very much worked uh, you know, against me. Um, however, um, we were over, we did, we did a great job um, in the election and my team did that. And they were, it's a grassroots movement of conservative patriots who did the work, 
um, in a campaign, it's knocking doors, it's phone calls, it's everything that goes along with a campaign. But those folks also are getting involved themselves by becoming committee members in the Republican Party. So they're not just th throwing out the Republican Party and saying, okay, all bad. They're actually getting involved in the system, in our republic, right, in these elected positions. They're taking on school board seats. They're running for township supervisor, for mayor, for borough council, and for the Republican committee. Um, and so with that, the committee starts to shift, the endorsements start to shift, and the representatives at a higher level, for instance, at the state level, are being held to a higher account, right? Interestingly enough, I had a conversation, I've had a couple conversations with several sitting state representatives, and without naming any of them, keeping you know, confidentiality here, but I will say this, um, I've heard this sentiment over and over, that if, we, if Mas Doug Mastriano wins in November, which pray to God he does, um, if Doug Mastriano becomes governor, it's not the Democrats who are nervous. It's many of the Republicans who are nervous about that because they will be held to account because he'll move legislation. He'll, he'll, legislation will be moved and it won't be vetoed when it hits the governor's desk. And these votes will, be, will expose who's who. Um, and so it's a lot of the Republicans who are actually nervous that they might have to vote for keeping men out of girls' sports. Right? They might have to vote for pro-life measures, um, for you know, a heartbeat bill or something better. Right? Um, there's so many things that'll come down the pike. Act 77, the repeal of Act 77 and restoring our election integrity, something that I ran on, absolutely. Um, these things will have to be voted on. Um, and then with a Republican governor, with Doug Mastriano as our governor, you know, these things will move forward. So. There's a movement, um, and I, I think that that involvement is, is what really matters. Is, is, uh, that's what's going to turn it back. As we get near to wrapping up here, just maybe explain a little bit more about that involvement in Lancaster County, mm -hmm. the, the, the committees, and how people can get involved, how you see they are involved. I mean, you've touched on yeah. it briefly, but yeah. just what's happening and what, what people can do and how they can get involved in those right. things. So just recently here, uh, actually just, just this past Tuesday, um, we had the reorganization meeting of the Lancaster County Republican Committee. The RCLC, the Republican Committee of Lancaster County, uh, gathered together um, all in one place and um, we um, had our reorganization. We elected our, our, our officers, our, our chairman, vice chair, secretary, and treasurer. Um, and um, so, and that went very well. Um, and, but during that period during those elections, um, a question was asked of the audience, raise your hand if you're a new committee member. And it was amazing. The number of hands that went up that are new committee members, many of whom are patriots, true conservatives who are getting involved. They ran for these committee seats in many instances, contested, con many instances contested for a committee seat, um, which is really an interesting time. Um, you know, I've been involved with the Republican Party, uh, Lancaster County Republican Party for years, and I don't think I've ever seen quite a wave of enthusiasm, involvement, uh, new blood 
and conservatism like that. Um, and I can speak specifically to the 98th Legislative District. Those two area committees, Donegal and E-Town, first time in at least a decade, maybe two, where there's not a single vacancy. Lots of times there's vacancies. For instance, in Lancaster City and some other areas of the county, there's vacancies where there's just not a committee man or committee woman. So I would encourage all patriots to check your voting precinct and see if there's a committee man and a committee woman. Get to know those folks, get involved, help out with fundraisers and those sorts of things. Um, and then if there is an opportunity to serve as a committee man or a committee woman, do it, do it. Because in Lancaster County, that comes with an endorsement vote. And those votes matter because who we endorse, endorse matters. We need to vet these candidates so much more strongly than we have in the past. Um, I mean, when you look at the Lancaster County Court of Common Pleas and some of the decisions that they've made, um, these were individuals who were endorsed by the Lancaster County Republican Party, and they've acted anything but Republican. Hmm. Um, and so, in some of the decisions they've made over the last two or three years, it's very much exposed who people truly are. Um, so, as we vet these candidates, we need true conservatives on the Republican committee of Lancaster County to do that vetting and to do, ultimately do that endorsement. Um, so I'm encouraged. Um, I'm encouraged by what's happening. Was there any change to chair, vice chair with, with the vote? No. Um, currently, our chairman is Kirk Radonovic, um, and our vice chair is Jenna Giese. Um, Jenna and Kirk have done a, a stellar job. They really have um, over the past several years here. Um, and I know the, their, their goal has been to, to it's, it's really great because they have reached out to the Patriot movement. There's multiple groups, multiple groups uh, across Pennsylvania, across Lancaster County, um, multiple, multiple Patriot groups, um, groups that are interested in getting people involved in these races, people who are involved in get, turning out the vote. Um, and so multiple conservative groups, um, our leadership at the county has not um, turned a cold shoulder and said, well, you're not part of our team. Instead, they've opened the door. They've opened the door and actually reached out and said, this is fantastic. This is conservative. This is energy that we've needed. And because we're, we're not too far away from turning into, you know, as, as that movement comes from Philadelphia, you know, Lancaster County and preserving Lancaster County conservative values is incredibly important. And the people who are interested in doing that, these patriot movements, um, need to, and they have, they, they've understood the system of governance, of the republic that we have, and they've gotten involved. And our leadership has actually um, op ha had an open door to that. Um, so it's been a good thing within the Lancaster County Republican Committee. And I think Kirk Radonovic and Jenna Giese, uh and our executive director, Michael Fitzpatrick, um, have done a fine job, a fine job of, of, um, of bringing that balance. So it's been good. As we wrap up here, I'm sure there'll be much more to, to follow. Hopefully we can have you come sit down with us again uh, in the future. But anything finally you want to say? Uh, just for our viewers, as uh, you obviously got the summer before you, and then uh, you know November is going to be here pretty quick. Yep. And any, yeah. any final words? I think over the last three years, a lot of us have been faced with the loss of our freedoms. Um, we've seen 
our republic attacked, our personal freedoms attacked, uh, our children, our families, our jobs, our businesses uh, attacked um, by socialists. That's who's done this. Um, socialists have been given an inch and they've stolen a mile uh, in our elections. That needs to be turned around. Um, so, but with all that happening, I think at the core of it, really at the core for each individual, we've been faced with the loss of our freedoms. And all of a sudden, many people uh, are scrambling now to understand where do their freedoms come from. And while I said I'm a constitutional conservative, I most certainly am. And I think the Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our Declaration of Independence even, does a fine job of enumerating those freedoms. But it too says where those freedoms come from. We have to recognize that our freedoms come from God Almighty and from the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, His death and resurrection. And those freedoms cannot be taken away. They can, they can shut down our businesses, but no, they can't. There wasn't a single business shut down by Governor Wolf. There were just people who shut down their own businesses at the threat of a tyrant. So we need to get back to understanding where do our freedoms come from? Where do they originate from? And are they truly inalienable? Are they placed in us by our Creator? And then can we walk and live in those freedoms despite the unrighteous or tyrannical decrees of a governing official. We continue to walk forward in that. So get involved in our republic. If you have a calling on your life to be involved in governance, get involved because that's what's going to turn things around. That's what takes back the party and then that's what takes back the state and our nation ultimately. Um, and I'm, again, an optimist and I have to hope for the best and keep on working towards it with the life I've been given. So. Well, thank you so much for your time, uh, Mr. Jones, and hopefully uh, everything works well for you moving into November. Yeah, thank you very much. Mm -hmm.